Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. We hope you are doing well. What an incredible and exciting match day two it was in the city. Lots of stuff to talk about. But before we get into everything, just a reminder that this will be the final free episode for the month of September. After this episode, everything will be on Patreon, and you will have to become a patron at patreon.com slash TIFP for $2.99 per month. Again, that doesn't give you access to just the podcast. Yes, you will be getting our regular review episode on Mondays and our interview episodes on Thursdays, but you will also be getting exclusive articles from all three of us. You'll be able to participate in the episodes as well, ask questions. Again, if you want to get access to all of the episodes, patreon.com slash TIFP. All right, guys, we had a lot going on in the City A this weekend. A lot of talking points. Inter going full crazy. Roma and their crazy draw against Juve. Carlo, Nima, let's get into it now. All right, Carlo, Nima. That was about as good as a match day two as we could have asked for, yeah? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's never boring in the Serie A, and there's always talking points. You can say a lot of things. You can criticize a lot of things, quality and, and et cetera, but, but the, there's, it's, it's never boring. It's always eventful. Yeah, and I know no, nobody likes to do these kind of league versus league debates, and they get a little bit tedious, but Serie A has to be the most exciting league in, in Europe now. I mean, just look at some of the games we saw saw this weekend. I mean, we had the Inter 4-3. We had Benevento coming from two down to win 3-2. You know, we had Atalanta winning a six-goal thriller. Then, you know, we had Napoli putting six goals past uh, Genoa. We had Roma-Juve, two-all thriller. I mean, just unbelievable. And the defending wasn't great, but but it's so many goals in Serie A. Anybody that still believes that Serie A is a defensive league, it's, it's so exciting now. I completely agree. So let's let's start with where you just ended. Let's start with Roma Juve. And this one has a lot of talking points just because from the fact that I think we would all agree that Roma were the better side of the two, right? I'm not just assuming that for both of you. For sure, for sure. I think Roma should be hard done by because they they, they created more than enough to win. Uh, as well as just being down to 10 men and all that. No, I thought Roma were really, really yes. good. I think Spinazzola was phenomenal. I really And, and I really, really like that Roma back three uh, with Gianluca Mancini, Ibanez and Kumbula. I think Roma have got something really interesting there. Diavara Veretù is a really good midfield. No, Roma is a really good central def- midfield. Roma, the only thing, Pellegrini, I'm not a biggest fan of. Uh, I'd rather have someone else. But... Uh, <laughs> No, but I, I really rate this Roma team. I think they will cause a world. They will they will cause teams a lot of trouble. And I think they were just they've been unlucky in the first two games against Verona, not winning that. Obviously, that that result was to overturn. We're not going to discuss that. Come on. No, we're not going to talk about the the faulty towers mistake that they did. Only in the um, city, ah, does that happen? 
I don't. I think that can happen in other leagues. But what can only happen in the Serie A is the guy resigning and going to the club he did it against. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that he's going to to Hellas Verona, the club that that Roma played when that mistake was made, is so quintessentially Italian and insane, that and, and funny. But it's 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 only Serie A. It, what are you, you going to do? I, I don't even want to. You're, you're making me angry just discussing it. But Carlo, <laughs> Carlo, I, I I I'm dying to hear your opinion because we let off the show last time with how good Pirlo did with his choices i think whatever we said good last week he did the exact opposite of this weekend because i thought he got it entirely wrong that midfield was so overrun in my opinion by pellegrini diavola and vertu he i mean he ran circles around juve's midfield what did you make of mr pirlo's second uh second match in the city ah definitely definitely a learning experience yeah Definitely. I mean, it was such a turnaround from from week one. I mean, we were everybody was so excited by Pirlo, but we all did say last week that let's wait, let's wait till the Roma game and and the Napoli game. Juventus are playing Napoli this weekend before we really, you know, decide whether Pirlo's onto something. And um, you know, Roma picked holes in the, in that setup. I mean, he, Pirlo played the same the same system, the same three five two in attacking phases, which morphed or was supposed to morph into a 4-4-2 in defensive phases but didn't it was it was a total mess Juventus's transition from from attacking into defending was 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 awful it was all over the place and we saw Roma's second goal where Roma had a three on one I mean that should just never happen at at this level at this level of football um and and yeah, Roma. Roma were picking holes in that Juventus team and and should have won the game. Um, they created, you know, Mkhitaryan had that that big chance in the first sitters. half. Jeko uh, missed two sitters at two one, and it was just very unbalanced. The, the Juventus team. There was too many. Pillow was playing too many players out of position. I mean, Quadrado at left wing back. Quadrado can't use his left foot <laughs> at all. I mean, he can barely stand on his left foot. Um, so, so to stick him out there, and, and he really, really struggled. Kulusevski at right wing back. I mean, I think Kulusevski can play anywhere. Mm. I think he can play anywhere. He's that good. But you're limiting him massively by playing him at right wing back. Um, and then in the centre of midfield, Weston McKenney, who we praised. I mean, he was my Badger of the Week last week. He had a great debut against Sampdoria. He had a shocker. He was the worst player on the pitch. His passing was abysmal. Like he, every single pass was a hospital pass. Um, and Juventus improved when McKenney came off. Um, so, so yeah, Juventus really, really struggled. Um, we'll have to see what Pirlo learns from from this game now because they definitely got away with it and they were rescued really by Roma's poor finishing and by that man Ronaldo who, who you know, he, he, that's the second the equaliser, the second goal. I mean, another incredible leap like Michael Jordan leap. Has there ever been anyone who's better in the air? In, no. I mean, I can't think of anyone in football who's who's who hangs in the air like he does. It feels like not an eternity. Not like scoring he's... headers. I don't think there's any been been anyone better. I've never no. seen anything like it. I can't remember anything like it. And it really is Michael Jordan esque. Like he, he looks like a basketball player, like you know, who hangs in the air, like literally, like a. It's, it's really remarkable. As for, as for you know, Juve's mid- central midfield, I, I I think they should have started the way they ended the game with Bentancur and Artur Melo. Uh, because I don't think McKinney is good enough yet uh, to play against teams like Roma, but we have to give you know we have to give credit to Roma. Who I this is a this is important for both Pirlo and Kulusevski and this new uh, this new Juve project that 
it was a it was a learning it was a learning experience because against Sampdoria things went so well because with all due respect to Sampdoria Roma are a way more better team and and Fonseca is a better coach uh, and they played really really well I think Spinazzola the way he handled Kulusevski uh, was 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 good for for Kulusevski and for Pirlo to see that you know that, that they have to move it around because this is a very tactical league this is the most tactical league the most tactically skilled coaches in the world in this league so you have to you have to be able to adapt to and, and understand that you know against the best teams you have to give that extra you have to be able to to have some sort of a plan b and plan c to counter what they put against you and juve didn't have that uh, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that the honeymoon is over because at the end of the day juve got a draw away when they shouldn't have uh, and 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 they they didn't lose and they got a point away at Roma, uh, where I think a lot of teams will struggle. So I'm not I'm not really there, not quite there yet in saying that the honeymoon is over. But there's quite a bit to work on for sure. And now they're playing the most informed team in the league in Napoli. So it'll be interesting. I, I definitely agree that they have some things to work on. The, I, I guess the confusing thing for me. So we all saw what happened with this Jekyll, the move breaking down because Napoli they won't release Milik. I watched Morata yesterday. And I was very confused as to the thinking at Juve. So we all know they wanted a striker, okay? So they go from Dzeko and Suarez to now Morata. First off, three entirely different profiles, three totally different players. They have three completely different games. I don't understand the thinking behind it because for me, I thought Dzeko, you put him a guy with the work rate and how he is in the area, yes, obviously he had the misses yesterday. You, you, that's that's what you get with that Injeco. If you haven't realized it by now, I, you know, I don't know where you've been the last five years. That's an Injeco. He wastes chances, uh, but he does score a lot as well. For me, I watched Morata yesterday and Kumbula, a guy twenty years old. Yes, he had a phenomenal season at Verona last season. Roma, I think they did a phenomenal deal in getting him. Kumbula was great. He was brilliant. Kumbula was phenomenal. Yeah, him and Ibanez, I thought, were, along with Veritu, the three best on the pitch. At Spinazzola in there, we'll say four best on the pitch. I'm, I'm very confused by Juve's decision with Morata. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player, although he was completely anonymous yesterday. For me, though, his profile just doesn't mesh well with somebody like Ronaldo, Dybala, Kulisevsky. I think you do need somebody like a Dzeko. Carlo, are, 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 is that something you agree with? Because sure. I, I just watched the way Morata played yesterday. You would not have had any idea that he was even on the pitch. He was completely anonymous. And I, I just don't think his, his game blends with the other attackers. I, I think it's a very odd fit. Yeah, I think that's a great point you make about how different Suarez, Dzeko and, um, and Morata all are. And I guess that that goes down to, again, a, a criticism of Fabio Paratici, Juventus's transfer chief, for really for the last year or so, in that there, there's never been a kind of a clear vision as to what he's trying, like the terms of team building, what he's trying to build, you know, an actual profile. What will usually happen on the market is, you know, you'll look for a certain type of player. You know, if you can't get the first target, then you'll go for the second target, but it'll be the same kind of profile. Um, and Morata, I think... The biggest worry with Morata for me is that when Morata was with Ronaldo at Real Madrid, um, they never really worked together, um, I don't think. Um, Morata was more really of a kind of a backup for Ronaldo. They both like to come from the left. They both drift to the left. Um, so there is a little bit of concern about the chemistry there. Um, I just think that Juventus maybe got a little bit desperate. They saw that there was only you know a week and a half left of the window. They weren't going to get Suarez they weren't going to get Dzeko. 
the Morata option came up, which will cost Juve pretty much the same um, that it would have cost them to sign Dzeko if we look at it year on year. Um, so I think they just went for him. There wasn't too many other options, um, financial limitations. But yeah, I think there's definitely there definitely is question marks over over um, the fit there with him and Ronaldo. For me, the key to Morata unlocking Morata, Morata and 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 Ronaldo is Paulo Dybala. We have to remember that Juve have are yet to to use him, and I think he because he's so important for how Juve plays. He's a central character to that project, and I think right now is basically getting through this uh, the, through through these rounds until until Dybala becomes fit, uh, and and then we'll see what Juve really are. Because Paulo Dybala is, uh, I mean, I. The, the talent and and the quality that he possesses is 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 not for is 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 not for discussion. I mean, the guy is unbelievable, and I think I think he will really really be the key to this. I think Juve. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that they'll continue playing a three at the back. Uh, I think this is something that Pirlo's been forced to do given the injuries uh, with the, on De Ligt and uh, on on Dybala. I think I think we're going to see the real Juve under Pirlo once these players are back. I think right now it's just about getting through these games and getting points on the board. I tell what I tell you what Juventus are missing though <laughs> is a is a left wing back and we saw with Spinazzola again yesterday and I, and I tweeted that he's one of the, the 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 players I enjoy watching the most Spinazzola. He's such a he's such a natural the way that he he takes on the player. I mean he's unplayable one on one. When he does that step over, you know what's coming, but he yeah. always beats his man. I mean, is he I mean, John, is he is he one of the most underrated players in, in Serie A, Spinazzola? Because he doesn't seem to get the praise. If you want to talk about a zombie player, somebody that was dead, but somehow managed to bring himself back to life, it is Spinazzola. Let's remember, okay, nine months ago, Roma were ready to hand him, hand him to Inter for for Politano. And then Marotta, Pepe Marotta, put the kibosh on the whole thing. He says, no, 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 we're not doing that. So Spinazzola, who is already in Milano at the moment, gets back on the plane, returns to Roma. Politano, who was at Via Stewart, the hospital in Rome, uh, goes to Fiumicino Airport, goes back to Milano, and this deal doesn't go through because Beppe Marotta didn't want to give Politano in exchange for Spinazzola. There was someone else there throwing a hissy fit about that as well because well, they wanted Ashley Young instead. So let's not give poor Marotta all the blame here. Let's let's. Well, let's, he's got his um... eyes everywhere, so to speak. So maybe that's true. <laughs> No, no, that it was, it was, it was Conte. It was Conte. I mean, he wanted Ashley Young because he wants expert players, as he calls them in Italian. Giocatori is birdi. Hey, are you kidding me? I'm not complaining here as a Roma supporter. <laughs> above all, no, I'm, I'm, I'm complaining. Thrilled. I'm pissed because Kumbula, Tonali, and Spinazzola would be, would have been. It's where Inter, where Inter's problems: left wing back and central defense. We've handed Inter don't have Godin anymore, and Skriniar is apparently not is can't be playing a back three. So we have Alexander Kolarov there instead. I mean, it's it's madness. Uh, we'll let you get to that in a moment because I'm not <laughs> going to let you live that down. But real quick on Spinazzola. So last season, particularly early on, Fonseca insists on this four-two-three-one, and it's funny what happens when you put a wing back in Spinazzola at wing back. Here's the thing: wing back, left back. Different roles, different responsibility. Yes, they're playing on the same area of the pitch, but not nearly the same level of defensive responsibility when you allow Spinazzola to play at wingback. Here's the thing. He cannot play left back 
was terrible at left back all of last season. Put him at four in the back. You are setting him up to fail. Now, with this new system that Fonseca is going with, this three at the back, Spinazzola has been without question one of the three best players at Roma. And he is completely reborn and has been renewed. A year ago, if we were having this discussion, I would have done anything to get off of Spinazzola because I believe year over year, He's either the second or third most expensive player at Roma between wages and amortization of the transfer fee. Very expensive. For him to be playing like this is absolutely phenomenal. And I agree with you, Carlo. He is unplayable. He is absolutely incredible. And given that Roma basically have corpses to play on the right side, it's 2020 and Davide <laughs> Santon is playing against Juventus. But he did do bad, by the way. Um, actually, a mistake to take him off. But... Yeah, I, I would even try Spinazzola on the right at times just to fill in because Roma have nobody. Yeah, uh, Spinazzola has been absolutely incredible. And lastly, before we move on from Roma Juve, can someone tell Paolo Fonseca that the substitutions you don't use in a match do not carry over to the next one? So he only used two of five. Um, you do not get three extra in the next one, Paolo, for eight <laughs> total, okay? I don't know what you were doing. I don't know what you were thinking, but you have an average age of 68 years old in your attack. <laughs> I don't know why he thought that he needed to keep all three of them on for all 90 minutes. I was very confused by that. So Fonseca, tactics were spot on, in-game management, terrible. Okay, Inter, Fiorentina. Mm. Just in terms, uh, I thought Roma mm. Juve was very entertaining, and I mm. thought this one was also wildly entertaining for a, ver- for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Now, we're going to let Carlo go off because Chiesa had another good um, another good performance. Um, but Pepe Iacchini, man. Um, someone tell Comiso that this guy uh, is a Serie B coach. But I hold don't on. get it. Now, terrible manager. Absolutely terrible. Nima, I warned you, okay? I warned you that Alexander Kolarov cannot play at a three at the back system. I've got people telling me, oh, I'm wrong. He played at wing back when Roma went to a semi-final in the Champions League two yeah. and a half years ago. Three years ago. He was ago. also two, yeah. and a half year, two and a half years younger. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He cannot play on the left side no. as a central defender. No, he cannot he play as a left wing no. back. I don't know if it was more Inter pulling one out of their back ends or if it was Fiorentina and namely Beppe Iacchini saying, you know what I don't feel like doing today? Winning. Mm. In combination. And he's just like, hey... I'd say Ink that here you go. It, it was like, did Yakini lose a bet to Conte or something? <laughs> because it, his brain melted in the last 15 minutes. No, it, it's, I think it was a combination of both. I think the fact that when you have, when you, I mean, people give, you know, everyone is the praising Conte for his magical substitutions. Yeah, that's because he got his starting lineup completely wrong. There, I don't, the fact that you, you know, Ashraf Hakimi has played every, started every single friendly, and then all of a sudden Ashley Young is there on the right. Um, Nainggolan and Vidal. Sure, I can understand why Vidal didn't start, but but playing Christian Eriksen and Marcelo Brozovic uh, again together when it doesn't work and it hasn't worked since January, you know, it's it's you know the definition of insanity as per Einstein trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But it's it's Antonio Conte. He he he's off on he's off the rails. He's off his meds, and they've given him they've given him the keys to the car. Um, and that's this is why we don't give crazy people power. Um, and and he has complete power, and and therefore he he does these things. Um, and Alexander Kolarov. <sighs> 
No, he's not a central defender. He's 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 at best a backup for the wing back role, which he was good at three, four, five years ago when he actually had leg, legs to run on, and not now where he's semi retired. Um, and it's 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 insane. And in, in Inter were lucky, and and they were they they were bailed out by the fact that Alexis Sanchez is a world class player and still is, and can come on and show that. Um, I, you know, Hakimi is a fantastic player. He should always start. I mean, Conte does these things. Um, and Ambrozovic and Eriksen cannot start together. We've seen it time and time again. Inter's midfield get completely overrun when those two play together. And you saw that for at least one of the goals when they were tracking back. Eriksen doesn't know how to track back. He jogs, okay? And 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 Brozovic uh, is, is they, they just, he doesn't know where he should be. Um, he needs, you know, these are these are players that if if you're going to keep them, you need to have. They can't play together. So if you're going to play Eriksson, you're gonna you have to play a three four one two where you have at least one midfielder like Kanté who runs for three people. If you're going to play Brozovic, you're going to have to play a three five two with next to Barella, Sensi, or Vidal because they, they he has the traits that that you know they they suit each other that way. But they can't play together, and and that's when Inter started playing well was when Eriksen was benched or Brozovic was benched. But together they can't play. Um, last season in the Europa League, Eriksen was on the bench, and they played a three-five-two with Gagliardini and Barella and, and Brozovic, and it looked pretty okay. So so that that's the issue. But I mean, this is this is Conte. You know, this is this is what you know they've decided to to give him you know whatever he wants, and he decides, and he you know that's why he's so happy and, and calm for now. I might add. Uh, we never know with him. Uh, so no, it's 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 frustrating to watch. Inter were lucky. I think Inter were very lucky. The defense is a, I mean, everyone in Italy who 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 watched this with some distance say, Inter had the best central defense in the Serie A last season. Why are you tinkering there? That's not where the issue was. So naturally, you know, you send Godin and you don't replace him. Uh, you you replace him with and you send Ranocchia and Godin and you maybe replace him with Darmian. And now you're talking about sending Skriniar and replacing him with Chris Smalling or Armando Izzo. And and it's 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 farcical now. It's it's like what a what farcical, Carlo, was just about everything Beppe Iacchini did on Fiorentina's bench. Taking out Ribéry and then all of the subsequent substitutions that he made, I could not understand for the life of me. They made zero sense in my opinion. Can you explain to me the thinking, or lack thereof, I should say, from Yakini? Yeah, he pulled he pulled a rabbit underneath that cap of his, didn't he? I mean, not in a good way either. Ribéry, taking off Ribéry is just... Criminal, just the way that. he was playing. Best man well, on the, the pitch. best player on the pitch. He was running riot. He, he, he got two assists. His, his assist for, for Chiesa's goal was, is, will be the pass of the season. You, you won't have a better pass. That through yeah. ball, absolute genius. Um, he was running rings. Around, around the around the inter defense uh, they were scared frightened of him every single time he got the ball um and you know he could have had a third assist as well he put it on a plate for for Vlaovic at 3-2 oh, which which should have killed the game oh, yeah, but um, but Yakini yeah madness you don't take off the best player on the pitch in a tight game i mean it, it's, it'd be like argentina versus england in 1986 when Diego Maradona's just scored the, the greatest goal in history and the Argentina manager taking him off at 2-1. That's what that's that's what it's like doing. It's just you just don't on a psychological level, you do not take off the best player on the pitch. I don't care he's 37 
and you know he, he's getting a little bit older you just don't do it there's just some things you do not do as a coach Chiesa in his defense I think he did have a little bit of an injury but um, yeah Yakini got it all wrong he's, he's a Serie B coach I mean we, we can see that in his career that's facts you know he's, he's had about three or four promotions with Serie B teams but every single time he's he's coached a Serie A team it's been like a provincial side and it's it's ended up in a very quick sacking so yeah he's not this is not he's this is not the level and, and Fiorentina have a lot of quality you know it shouldn't be wasted with a coach like Yakini. Isn't it abundantly clear if, if we're not even considering the manager? Don't don't even factor Yakini into this. But all you have to do is watch this Fiorentina side for five minutes, and it is so clear that they have quality all over the pitch. The, the only one who I thought was absolutely dreadful was Cecharini. I, I I can't believe he lasted the entire match. He was absolutely dreadful. But Beyond him, from defense to attack, they have quality all over the pitch. And to me, it is so, it's so sad because of how much they've struggled over these last few years, right? They've, they've underperformed drastically that now they finally have a strong team in just about every facet of the pitch and they are wasting it with this guy who makes dumb decision after dumb decision. I, I cannot for the life of me believe that Comiso, yes, he's still a relatively new owner, but what more does he have to see? Nima, the quality of this Fiorentina side is there. And I feel like they are just wasting it with this guy. Wasting it. For sure. To me, not just because of the stupid baseball cap he wears. Everything about him <laughs> just screams Serse Cosmi to me. Now, those of you who remember the Serie A in the 90s, well, it's it's the same. It's just he doesn't know what he's doing. And the fact that, you know, you, we got to talk about... Um, Chiesa, because I thought he was really good, and again he's being played out of position, and he's 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 play he's he's played out of position. He he does really really well. He does everything he's asked to do, um, and I I just feel it's such a shame because they have Lirola, who's a fullback on the bench, you know, who's also really really good. I mean, this team should not play a three five two. They should either play a three four three or a four three three. They're built for that, and I and and I just again Spalletti. I understand that, you know, feeding your pet duck Snow White is nice and it's beautiful in in, in Tuscany to get paid five, six million years and net a, a season to, to feed Snow White the pet duck, which is true, by the way, follow him on social media. But at the same time, the guy is a good coach and, and he, he, should be, he should be in the Serie A. And I think there are only two jobs that I think he would be perfect for. And, and, and one is Milan, but Pioli is doing really well there. And the other is Fiorentina. I think he would he would really take this team to the next level. And I keep hammering this because I really, really believe it. I think I really think they have something going on there. I think it would it would be such a good thing for the entire piazza, for the club, for the fans, because he's a big name coach in terms of what Fiorentina can get. And I think it would be ideal for everyone. All right, moving on. We have a couple other matches to get to. Carlo, Atalanta 4, Torino 2. Briefly discuss Atalanta, but Giampaolo, whatever. Yakini Giampaolo. <laughs> it feels like you know how we used to, you know how we make fun of the Premier League, how they sort of like recycle Big Sam, David Moyes, any other name of these same managers who have proven that they're just finished. Big Sam. Big I feel Sam. Like Giampaolo, <laughs> even though he's still relatively young, I feel like he is becoming the Italian Big Sam. But Carlo, I, I don't want to make this a, a, a part where we just rip on Torino as much as I would love to. Uh Atalanta were good. We have to admit that. They, yeah, they were, and they, they, they've, they've, they've picked up exactly where they finished last season. I mean, they're, they're going to score so many goals. Ninety-eight goals last season. I wouldn't bet against them beating that this season. <laughs> Four already. 
Um, and yeah, Papu Gomez again. So good. I mean, he he scored a great wow. goal. Two amazing, two amazing assists. Um, actually, now since he first arrived in Serie A, which I think was about nine or ten years ago, no one has more assists than than Papu Gomez. And you know, he was the best player in Serie A for me last season. He's now. I mean, I think you have to say he's a Serie A legend. Yeah, for sure. Now. Um, and yeah, there's so much, so much talent in the Atalanta attack. They scored some great goals. Um, they're they're fantastic, and they're, they're going to have they're they're going to be very, very entertaining against this season. Um, as for Torino, nothing much to add other than Andrea Bellotti scored two goals. Somebody rescue him, please, please. Yeah, he yeah. needs to leave Torino. There's a week left of the the window. I don't think he's going to move, but you know he's thrown his career away there staying there he's he's a bit like Chiesa he's stagnated he hasn't he hasn't improved at all in the last two or three years because he's staying at a club um in which he's reached his ceiling you can't improve at clubs like that anymore for me Roma would be the ideal place for Belotti to go I think given how he, he his style is is similar to Dzeko and that he works so hard and he he's such a team player I think he would be ideal for Roma I think he's the perfect profile to replace Jekyll. Mm, I, I agree. I mean, he's been linked to Roma before. They just, you know, they they don't close the deal. Nima, real quick. Milan 2, Crotone 0. So I tweeted out that Spezia would probably be lucky to get 15 points this season. Crotone, maybe they'll be lucky to get 17 because, ah, uh, yikes. They're not good. They're really not good. There's a couple of things I want to take away from the Milan game. I think, first of all, thank God that Reante Re Rebic's arm was not Oh, was that was oh, that was not for the faint of heart. That was very yeah, graphic. Yeah, no, it was it was it was very graphic, and I'm very grateful that it's just a dislocation and not a broken arm because it was horrible to watch. That it was it was gut wrenching to to watch that, and and I'm just so grateful that he's okay. Uh, it's just a dislocation, thank God. So let's get that out of the way. Other than that, Milan, uh, it's it's unbelievable what confidence can do for a team. Um, they are so calm, they are so collected, that everyone knows what they're doing. This is such a turnaround. I mean, if we talk about turnarounds, compare Napoli under Ancelotti and then Gattuso, the, the, the night and day situation there, and then compare Milan a couple of months ago during the whole Rangnick is taken over and uh, and then to now, where everyone knows what they're doing, everyone knows their place, they have a coherent project on and off the pitch. And Sandro Tonali is starting to show, you know, him and Kessi, I mean, Frank Kessie was the best player, on the, was the man of the match. He was By far. brilliant, brilliant, completely dominated that midfield. And then Tonali with his cross balls. And I mean, both in terms of short balls, uh, short passes and long passes in, in the guy's vision is he's a he's, he's a modern Metzala uh, with, with that, that, that Italy and Milan are going to enjoy for a very long time. And and they had Benasser, you know, Benasser wasn't. They didn't need to use him. And, and Rebic, I think, you know, you know, before he, he he was substituted off or ran off the pitch because that was horrible, that, that horrible injury. Um, it was, um, you know, he 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 showed why he can't play as a number nine. I mean, against a better team, it really wouldn't work. He's he takes a little bit too time, a little bit too much time on the ball, fiddles with it a little bit, and and but on the left, on that left wing, he's perfect. Um, and 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 if you add Zlatan Ibrahimovic to that, I think Ibra would have scored three goals yesterday if he had not had COVID. But you know he's uh, so he he you know he's Milan are looking good. I think you know and, and if you look at the fact that they're playing, if I'm not mistaken, they play Spezia next, uh, and then probably Ibrahimovic might be back for that. Uh, you know because they're they're testing him every 
every half an hour, pretty much. Unbeaten in 17 games, yeah. Milan. Six wins in a row, nine wins in yeah. 10. They're, they're, they're in great form. Absolutely. Pioli has them in great form. All right, moving on to Napoli, Genoa. For Genoa, I think we all thought, like, when we saw a lot of the business that Genoa was doing this summer, I thought, I, I mean, especially me, I was actually somewhat intrigued, okay? They recently bring in Luca Pellegrini. They got Davide Zappacosta on the right. They were in talks to bring in Balotelli. Whether or not that ultimately happens remains to be seen. They got Bedell. I thought that was good, too. Oh, my God. What, what, whatever that was yesterday, Carlo, they were, they were dreadful. But Napoli were very, very good. And I know it's easy to have a go at Ossiman because of how expensive he was and the fact he hasn't scored. But when he is on the pitch, they just play differently. And it's, it's a sight to behold. They look so much better with him when he is on the pitch. For sure. Ossiman's been great. I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about him not scoring yet. The, the goals will come. Um, and and he gets the best out of out of everyone else. I mean, not only is he like ridiculously quick, he's ridiculously powerful. He's a big guy. Um, he he you know he allows Napoli to stretch the opposition. Um, but he's 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 got good link up play as well. I mean, everybody look at the goal that Zielinski scored, which was the goal of the game. It was a it was a great team move. Um, Zielinski started and finished the move with Ossiman doing a back flick through his legs into the path of of Zielinski, who then dummy the defender and, and put it past the, the goalkeeper. Um, you know, Ossiman, Ossiman was great. Um, again, he, he looks like a really, really great buy. Um, and, and Napoli, I mean, just to to go easy on Genoa a little bit, um, I would definitely give most of the credit to, to Napoli because they've started this season on fire. And I think all three of us said that they, they're an outside bet for the for the Scudetto this season and they they have there's so much quality in that team and when we consider that Insignia went off injured in the first half um and some of the some of the players that they've got on the bench that they're able to bring on um you know they they they're a really really dangerous really dangerous team this season and I I can't wait for the for the Juventus versus Napoli match this weekend if I'm going to be honest with you there I I I'm, I'm the more I watch of Napoli the more I see that they are the probably the only team in the Serie A the more the it becomes it, it crystallizes itself that they are the most coherent and well-balanced team in the Serie A and I think if there's ever a chance, I mean, as I said, I always I always want to wait until the Mercato closes before making a final prediction. But to me, Napoli are now, as things stand right now, the number one challengers to Juventus to win the Serie A title. Um, and, and if it continues and Juve and me, Inter, don't address some pressing issues, they'll be my favorites to win the Scudetto, without a doubt. Because they, they have... Look, yeah, they look so they much more everything. balanced. To win the league, you, you, you can't... You have to not have as many question marks. They don't have any question marks. They have two, three players that can play in every position of equal quality. What they're, The thing that is for them is whether or not how much they cash in on Milik and Maximovic, whose, whose contracts are expiring... And you know, buy backup player. They already have a backup player to to Milik in Petania. Now there's the the issue is the central defense for for Maximovic because clearly he doesn't want to extend his contract. 
I, I think they have just about all that you need, and you have a Manolaus who is actually contributing now. Elsewhere, you had Benevento defeat Samp 3-2, Lazio defeat Cagliari 2-0, Di Francesco, yikes. Sassuolo, they hammer Spezia 4-1, again, Spezia terrible. And then today, Bologna, they will host Parma. So let's move on now to our winners and losers segment, which, again, we have most aptly called our Baggio of the Week for the winners and the Ventura of the Week for the losers all right carlo nima our winner section of the week the baggio of the week carlo let's start with you my badger of the week is frank ribbery for for all the reasons that i've already given 37 years old and the guy just no slowing down for him man of the match two assists the assist for chiesa's goal might end up being the assist of the the whole serie a season he's 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 a genius okay nima yours it's uh, Benevento, uh, Beneventos, uh, and and for the way they came back, and also Luca Caldirola, former Inter Primavera central defender, who's had a very weird career. Very, uh, very so weird. He's been in Germany, and then he did well, but then he was sent to the youth team because they wanted to get rid of him at any price, and then he came back to Italy, and then he last season he was at Benevento and gave them defensive stability. Now he's the captain, I think, and he scored two goals. And and Benevento are are a good team. I I really think that they will stay up because they've really gone for it and. And again, Filippo Inzaghi, this is this is make or break for him. And to come back from 2-0 down to Sampdoria and win away the way they did was very impressive. Okay, and mine is Lorenzo Pilgrims, who is actually <laughs> Lorenzo Pellegrini. I don't know which intern at La Gazzetta dello Sport put in Pellegrini into Google Translate or what, whatever translator that they used on their computer. But in their official preview, they used Pilgrims instead of Pellegrini. He has been dreadful since he came to Roma. Very inconsistent. Hasn't really found a role. Despite that, though, he had one of his better performances since arriving at the club. All right. Losers of the week, a.k.a. Ventura of the week. Carlo, let's start with you. And I know you have a couple of pet peeves when it comes to football. And I know VAR is one of them. So have at it. Well, it was VAR during the the Spezia versus Sassuolo game. In in the first half, Ciccio Caputo, he had a goal disallowed for offside. It took five minutes and 12 seconds for the VAR officials to make the call. I mean... It's just a joke. And, and and this is the exact reason, the biggest reason why I was against VAR, because I knew this was going to happen. And it's just all these delays, you know, you, you have players that they can't, you can't even celebrate when you score. Um, as we saw with the, the, the Manchester United game, um, oh gosh, which that was terrible. you can't even, you can't even breathe a sigh of relief when the final whistle goes, because you're worried that VAR might make a call after the final whistle, which is what happened with um, Man United against Brighton. It was two all and, and Man United had a, uh, had a penalty given after the, west, the final whistle had blown, um, which is the first thing, first time I've ever seen that happen. Um, but yeah, this Sassuolo, this Sassuolo game, I mean, five minutes and 12 seconds is, is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, just the whole execution of VAI, it's a, it's a total shambles. And, you know, it's been years now since it, since it first came in and it's not getting any better. No, it's not. And very quickly, before we move on to yours, Nima, um, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TIFP. Um, got a little story up there, Sassuolo. They are actually in talks to acquire Schalke striker Ahmed Kutuku, a very highly rated youngster a couple of seasons ago for Schalke's youth side bagged 15 goals and 15 appearances 
last season and called it to the senior side, featuring primarily as a substitute. Things are a mess there at the moment. Sassuolo, because they're going to give away Gianluca Scamacca to Genoa, which is why they are in talks to acquire Kutuku. They've offered loan with option to buy, so if you want to read the whole story, get all of the details. Again, patreon.com slash TIFP. All right, Nima. There's many reasons why we love the city. Ah, the storylines, the characters, the stupid stuff that only happens here. Your Ventura of the week, I think, embodies that to the 1,000th degree. So tell us, what was your Ventura of the week? My Ventura of the week is Luis Suarez Gate. Um, just to catch everyone <laughs> up on what is going on, the Italian Guarda di Finanza is the, is the, fin- is, is the white-collar criminals that they investigate. And the name of the colonel is Selvaggio Sarri. Yes, Sarri. Uh, no, and he had to say when he was being interviewed that he's not related to sacked Juve coach Maurizio Sarri because this is Italy and uh, all sorts of conspiracy theories will, will, will flow. But he, he explained that they've been investigating the University of Perugia uh, since February 2020 because of uh, what, they, what he calls their non-transparent activities. Basically, they're selling Italian passports. Uh, by by giving these the, the, the you know giving uh, the the answers to the to the language exams which you need to pass in order to get the Italian passport. So what they discovered was, and I quote, we found uh, that Luis Suarez was awarded a, a, a diploma for knowing for 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 having accomplished an intermediary level of the Italian language, but we discovered that this was all predetermined and not the case. So move on to that. Uh, they also release, or, or the it, Italian media release um, phone wires or phone, phone taps of these uh, of conversations between the universities, the guy who runs the university and Maria Turco. Again, not making it up, Maria, Maria the Turk, um, who is a lawyer for Juventus, and they're basically talking about how they need to, they're gonna, you know, help Luis Suarez has to pass this, this exam. Uh, you know, once he does it, you know, we'll send you more players. It'll be good for the, for the, for the university, wink, wink. And, and it's, it's, it's full on uh, a Mario Puzo novel pretty much. Uh, but then Juventus go out and say that they've, they, they, you know, we, we gave up on um, uh, Luis Suarez two weeks, uh, two days before the exam. Uh, the, the Selva Josari, the Colonel also say, states that Juve aren't currently being uh, investigated for any crime. Uh, Fabio Paratici has also been, been apparently been recorded uh, in these phone calls. So, you know, it's quite the mess. Um, we'll see what happens uh, now. But uh, it's pretty serious if you sell, you know, if, if, you, if you basically defraud, uh, because these exams aren't just exams for, for, for to pass, you know, language tests. These, these are really important. You have, to, you have to be able to speak Italian to get an Italian passport. Um, and and to become a citizen and 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 they were basically selling you know they were coaching Luis Suarez to on how to do on 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 the exam one of the university professors was was doing this and and they had given him the the questions beforehand so it just this this story just becomes weirder and weirder and so quintessentially 2020 the more you dig into it so uh, yeah the, the, that is the the Ventura of the week. Ah, the Serie A never lets us down with just ridiculous talking points and storylines. Before we move on to our next segment, just a reminder, in case you did not see our tweet, the next interview episode will be featuring Romeo Agresti, who is a Juventus writer. We'll be talking transfer market, Juve, 
all things City uh. So if you want to get that interview, again, patreon.com slash T-I-F-P. Okay, transfer updates. Let's go. Okay, the countdown is on. There is less than one week remaining in the transfer window. Let's let's get started with some of the bigger clubs in the city, uh, what they've done to this point or what they still need to get done before the transfer market shuts. So, Carlo, let's start with you, Juve. What do you think, realistically, what can they do? What do they need? What's your opinion on that? Well, they need to trim the squad first. There's too many players for the for the Champions League squad list. Um, we saw that last season as well when um, Mensukic and, and Emre Chan were left out of the Champions League squad, but they ended up staying at, at Juve until January. Um, so the, the the most likely departures would be from the Dechilios, Ruganis, and and Douglas Costas. Um, Douglas Costa is definitely somebody that could potentially leave to the Premier League. Um, but it depends if Juve can find buyers for them. Um, I think if they want to bring anyone else in, they're going to need to look to offload first. Um, Pirlo wants another forward. Keane was his um, his preferred option from Everton. Um, he also likes Chiesa from 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 Fiorentina. Um, but again, it's dependent on 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 selling players first. The only other question mark is um, over the the fullback position, the left fullback. And we saw against Roma that that Pirlo played Quadrado way out of position at left wing back. Um, a lot of people think that that might have been him sending a sign a signal to to Paratici, Fabio Paratici, um, that you know, come on, I need a I need a left wing back. So so yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely potential for some players coming in and out at Juve. All right, Nima, what about Milan and Inter? Milan need to buy a central defender and a right winger, I, but they're right right now they're really prioritizing a central defender because they're a little bit short, as Carlo alluded to earlier, in 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 the middle of the pitch. And there is talk of uh, Milenkovic, but Fiorentina and uh, Comiso won't give anyone any discounts anywhere. Which you, I you know, if you're a Fiorentina fan, you gotta love it, and and generally you gotta love it that that, that these clubs are no longer walkovers. You know, it's it's pay me or you know. W- away and I like that I think that's good because I think I think it's good for the league to have several good teams um Inter is is you know <laughs> where do we begin um Christian Eriksen is a problem Marcelo Brozovic is a problem Milan Skriniar is a problem uh that because they don't fit into Antonio Conte's system uh, Christian Eriksen can if you get N'Golo Kante but you need cash to buy N'Golo Kante, especially since Antonio Costa, Conte pissed off everyone at Chelsea, so they're not going to give Inter any discount to do him any favors. So um, that's that. And then you you have also the, you know, so so it's a central defender. Now, situation they need to resolve after Gudina Ranocchi have left, Darmian is coming in. So and Kandreva's left as well. So they need to they, they need a central defender because Skriniar, you know, they, they need to resolve the Milan Skriniar situation immediately because it's this is this is hurting everyone. This is hurting Skriniar, this is hurting Inter. Nobody knows what's going on and they need to resolve it. Uh, because what the, the what we saw against Fiorentina is not, you know, you don't win the league if you concede three goals every 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 game. And Inter can concede. I mean, if this was Atalanta, they would have put seven past Inter. That's that's how bad defensively Inter were. So one thing that's being touted, which I think is really interesting, is Maksimovic from Nikola Maksimovic from Napoli, which is which is something that could really, you know, if it unblocks, it, it helps everyone. Because 
uh, Napoli can can get some value from a player that who will otherwise leave for free. Uh, Maximovic can can start playing. He's played in the back three. He played in the back three for Torino under Ventura. He's he's versatile in the sense that he can play in the back three and the back four. Conte likes that. Danny he he will be able to play next to Stefan De Frey. Raja Nangolan situation needs to be resolved. Inter have a host of players they need to get rid of. Dalbert, João Mario, and then you have Matias Vecino's future as well. So no, Inter have quite a bit of work to do, and they're they're going to have to do it whilst playing Benevento on Wednesday away, and then Lazio on Sunday at home. I think it's much of the same for both of the Roman clubs. I I think the theme is defense. Lazio, Roma, Lazio, Radu. Patrick starting, Radu getting up there in age. Patrick, guy's been so inconsistent since he arrived there. Um, he'll have good performance and a disastrous one. And it's the exact same for Roma. Kumbula, Ibanez, Mancini, all three did very well yesterday against Juve. But Roma, they have frozen out Juan Jesus. They're doing all they can to get rid of Federico Fazio. They're trying to get Smalling, but they've been in talks with Manchester United for Smalling for what feels like 10 years now. So if they haven't come to an agreement after this long, I don't know what is going to change within the last week. Maybe a sense of urgency from one side or the other. I don't know. So I think without question, for Roma, for Lazio, central defender is the theme. Carlo, Napoli, Atalanta, just to end it here with the transfer market stuff. Well, Napoli, I wouldn't expect too much, assuming that Koulibaly stays now, which is, is looking very likely because Manchester City are about to, to sign Ruben Diaz from, from Benfica and PSG don't really have the money. So assuming he stays, um, you know, if any business that Napoli were going to do in the last week of the window was going to be using the money from Koulibaly. So the only players re- really we can see leaving are, are Milik, who's obviously for sale, and potentially Maximovic because of his expiring situation. But in terms of players coming in, I, I wouldn't really expect anything. Um, and as for Atalanta, the same really. Um, they've, they've done quite a bit of business. They've, they've added plenty of, of depth to the squad. Um, again, just, just backup players who, who might leave um, either permanently or on loan. Yeah, yeah, Atalanta, they, that system works so well. They, they really don't need to tweak much. All right, let's get into the user question segment now. All right, user questions and topics time. If you would like to have your topic discussed, your question answered, you can reach us at patreon.com slash TIFP or let us know on Twitter. So the first question is from our patron, Jod Omran, and this is for you, Carlo, in regards to Juve. And the question is, based on what we saw today, this was a very bad performance filled with massive errors. Do you really think that Pirlo is able to lead this Juve? Who puts Quadrado on the left? Why isn't Artur starting? Meanwhile, Ramsey played a great match last week behind Ronaldo and Kulisevsky. So why change that? Yeah, well, I think as we we discussed in in, in great depth, um, Pirlo definitely made a a number of strange decisions, uh, a number of plays out of position, like like Quadrado, um, as, as Jad said there. Um, why wasn't Arthur a starter? Pirlo said that you know he basically hasn't played for six months, so he's not fully fit. I can understand why he's easing him in, but I do think that he made a big difference when he came on. Um, he actually kept the ball, didn't give it away like McKenny did. So I would definitely would expect Arthur to to slowly become a first a first team starter. Um, but yeah, Pirlo, as we said, Pirlo made some made some mistakes. We're now going to have to see if he learns from them ahead of the the next game against Napoli. 
Okay, our next one is from our patron Yusef Alatiki who asks, With Fonseca's fate seemingly sealed sooner or later, do you guys think he would be good for Fiorentina? Also, shout out to the incredible interview with Gio Tacopina. I'm going to support Catania as my second team now. Well, thank you. Yeah, Joe was Joe was great. Really, really enjoyed it. He was a pleasure to have on. We're definitely going to bring him on again. Fonseca Fiorentina. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, it would be a good fit. Is Fonseca's fate sealed, though? Obviously, we've heard this stuff with Allegri. If you were given the choice of Allegri or Fonseca, I'm pretty sure 90% of Roma supporters would snatch your hand off for Allegri. Now, how realistic is that? Roma, they have contacted him, but I... I I don't know if it's a certainty, so I don't know if Fonseca's fate is is necessarily sealed. All right, Nima, this one is for you. This is from Adam Peeringer on Twitter, and he asks in reference to Christian Eriksen's continued struggles. He wants to know, can Eriksen be added value to this Inter? Maybe if Conte puts two Conte-type players behind him. But right now, Inter need to choose between Brozovic and Eriksen and sell one of them. What do you think about that? I think that's absolutely spot on. I think clearly they don't work together. Uh, I think if you can afford to have uh, Marcelo Brozovic in the squad, uh, you can do so because he gives you, again, another option in 3-5-2. He's brilliant in that. Uh, and I think together with Barella and Vidal or with Sensi and, and, and Vidal or whatever, that, that works really well in a 3-5-2. But it doesn't work if you have Christian Eriksen on the pitch. You have to play him in the number 10 role and you have to have... Uh, Someone you have to have Kante there. Uh, you have to have uh, Engolo Kante to 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 run for him because Christian Eriksen does not do that. He, I mean, you saw his half-assed track back when Castrovilli scored against Fiorentina, and it's been looking like that all the time. He doesn't he, the, he doesn't have those traits, uh, unfortunately. Um, so if you want to keep Christian Eriksen, you have to have Engolo Kante. Otherwise. You know, it's it's you're just wasting time, both both for Ericsson and for Inter. Uh, it's not working because, uh, so yeah, no, I, I agree with it. I agree with that. I think one of one of you know, preferably if you can cash in, that's why they're trying working so hard and trying to cash in on Skriniar to 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 keep both of them, uh, because nobody wants to buy Brozovic right now. Uh, so no, that th- that that is an issue that needs to be addressed, and and that's not again, that's not a question you want to be asking with one week left of the transfer window. I agree. All right, two of our followers on Twitter, John Lamorte and Majin Tenshi, they both want to know if Ralph Rannick is the kind of figure who would fit at Roma. Uh, no, no, he would not, and I, and I will just leave it at that. For many reasons, he would not be a good figure at Roma. Yes, they they did hold talks with him. I. Don't think it's going to happen unless there's an amazing turnaround where Friedkin says, you know what, we want to scrap the plans that we have for this new structure at Roma. They want to bring in new CEO, a new general director. They want to bring a new sporting director, and they all want to have this cohesive unit where they all work in tandem. You bring Ragnick and you essentially throw that out the window because he will not be working in tandem with anybody. He, he wants all the power. To build the team, construct the team, over wants to oversee all of the transfer market. No, no, he would not fit, and I don't think he will join. It'd be Roma. like Munchie again, wouldn't it? Like oh, yeah, it'd be a terrible fit. Terrible fit. Carlo, last one for you. I saw your tweet on this one, so I, I think I know your answer. But Stephen Fleck via email asks, did Milan dodge a bullet by not signing 
Thiago Silva, who had an absolute shocker at the weekend for Chelsea? Um, I think so, yes. Um, I, I do think that he would be more suited to Serie A um, at his age. He's 36 years old now. Um, obviously, Serie A is slower than the Premier League. It's more tactical um, than the Premier League. Um, but given his salary and Milan's financial limitations, um, I do think that, that it was the right decision for Milan not to not to go from him. I think he's on about £6 million a year um, at um, at Chelsea. And I do think that Chelsea might regret that a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I said it at the time when they signed him that going moving to the Premier League at the age of 36 for the first time when you've been cruising in in Liga for eight years, it's very, very difficult. And when you then go to a team like Chelsea with Frank Lampard in charge, um, you know, who has no, no defensive system at all and, and you're just going to be left completely exposed at the age of 36, you're just set up for, to fail there, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that he struggled so much um, on his debut. All right, that will do it for our user questions for this episode. Again, if you would like to get your topics discussed, your questions answered, let us know via Twitter, email, or Patreon, and we would be happy to discuss whatever you throw our way. All right, so that will do it for this edition of the Italian Football Podcast. As always, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you so, so much for listening. And just a reminder, on Thursday, we will be joined by writer Romeo Agresti. We will be discussing the transfer market, all things Serie A. So to get that episode, you will have to go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a patron for $2.99 per month. Again, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to talking to you on Thursday. So until then, bye-bye.